Stick this in your ear. The number one, the number one internet shock radio network. Shock me, shock me, shock me with that deviant behavior. Renegade, Renegade Talk Radio. Peter in PA, you are on the air, sir. Hi, Alex. Long time listener. Started as a young buck on the shore wave. Just want to say thank you. I salute you, Peter. What's up? Thank you, sir. Well, a couple things I'd like to address real quick. I wonder if anybody uh, notices that, uh, I don't know if it's a civil war that's brewing or what. I mean, with the eight states and Vermont looking to secede, I don't think anybody's even noticed the similarities between Barack Obama and Abe Lincoln, the Civil War. No, 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 he knows. Listen, listen, they've got psych warfare war games. The Pentagon admits of how society will break down. The first place I read about the U.S. breaking up was 10 years ago in a Pentagon prospectus saying they believed it was going to happen, but they want to break us up so the globalists can take us over into the union. That's exactly what I was thinking. That was my next step. Um, You know, Let me tell you, let me tell you, this is too important. Look, Kurt Nemo did an article on this yesterday, okay, they know after federalizing things and bankrupting the states by design that things are going to fall apart. Very, I mean, we're talking insane times we're going into, folks. Almost no way to avert it because they're honchoing it, making sure it's happening. Now, what you have to understand is that they understand the people are going to revolt at the state level and try to bring in liberty. They know the people are going to demand that Madoff and the rest of them actually be punished. And so that's what NORTHCOM does is actually block the states. And then they're comparing... Lincoln and everything that happened with what Obama's going to do. So when he says, I'm going to be like Lincoln, he means that he's going to have the feds occupy everything. But absolutely, it's all scripted. Go ahead. Oh, I mean, on that topic, just quickly, I want to touch on that. I have a good buddy. I'm going to call him the Rebazor. He he was in the military. He is so fed up that he's ready to hit Montana with his guns. But, I mean, what I'm saying as far as that goes is people look at Lincoln like Lincoln was a good president. Okay, habeas corpus, gone. Camp. Let's explain what happened. For those that don't know, and I've read the writings of Lincoln. I've studied it. Lincoln wasn't bad. The South wasn't bad. Now, let me explain what happened. This is mainline history, but it's not taught in school. But in real scholarly (coughs) history books, it's admitted. Now, listen. The British had lost the war uh, in the 1780s. Started in 1776. They came in through their agent. Uh, Alexander Hamilton, uh, who Mr. Burr then killed, you know, they said, step outside. Back then, they just step outside, punk. They went out and sh- you know, he killed him uh, in a duel. And he wanted to make George Washington king. He wanted to set up a new banking elite, and they were making deals with the British on the side. They, they killed him. Then they tried with the British, by the turn of the century, 1800, to overthrow the U.S. There were rebellions. Armies marched on the capital. Okay. Then Andrew Jackson came up later. Love him or hate him. The point is, he routed the British banks out. <clears throat> the British banks, he gave speeches. The British banks went into South Carolina, Georgia, and they and they said, the North's got taxes on you. Let's have a rebellion and split off, and Britain will let you have the entire South and then into uh, the West. And so the South in the 1830s rebelled, and uh, Andrew Jackson had to mass an army and only because he's from the South, they stood down. And he said, I'm going to march down there and kick your butt. This is a British conspiracy. It was, it was in the newspapers. So that stopped. Then the, uh, it, the Civil War wasn't about ending slavery. It was about controlling Western expansion and taxation 
and representation of the southern states. And so the British were in the south funding the rebellion. They brought in the cannons, the weapons, everything. Then when the war started, they massed troops in Canada, in Ottawa, uh, and in um, Toronto, 20,000 of them, and, and put a fleet off New York threatening to invade. So then the British Tsar sent a fleet for the North to menace them. That's why later in 1917, the British overthrew their cousins, the Tsars. That was over that and other issues. But but you're absolutely right that Lincoln wrote all these letters and all these things and said, I do not want to free one slave. It's not what this is about. Uh, this is but 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 he used the only political support he had was the abolitionists who said we're going to support you but then you've got to free the slaves and then late in the war to destabilize things in the south he did do that so 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 regard I mean that's just the historical fact but but uh, then people say well then aren't you for the south no Andrew Jackson wasn't for the south he knew that it was a setup. Folks, we are live on this Thursday morning. That video is called The True History of the American Civil War. It's an InfoWars flashback. You can find it at InfoWars or Band.video. Stay tuned. We'll do the Daily Dispatch on the other side. Don't go anywhere. It's Thursday, December 14th, the of our Lord, 2023. And you're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. I think it's time to blow this thing. Get Good morning, listen. ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The American Journal. I'm your host, Harrison Smith. Infowars.com, band.video. Get this. You can follow us on X. Let's say that again. You can follow at Infowars on X at Real Alex Jones. At Harrison H. Smith, at All I Do Is Owen. We got a big show for you today. Lots of lots of stuff to talk about. A couple of longer but extremely interesting clips from Vivek Ramaswamy's CNN Town Hall that we'll play later today. They've been going a little bit viral, and we'll break down exactly what he's saying, and we'll try. We really will try very, very hard not to rage at the CNN host. The woman's the, the woman that's hosting this town hall that is just it's just like nails on a chalkboard. But it's it's so it's very annoying. But what Vivek is saying is good. And we'll play those clips in just a little bit. Of course, the Biden impeachment, the Hunter Biden subpoena that he violated and contempt of Congress charges now coming down. Peace talks in Ukraine, as well as rumblings of peace in Israel, lots of developments worldwide and especially here at home. So let's just get into it, shall we? Here it is, your Daily Dispatch. All right, here it is, folks, your Daily Dispatch for Thursday, the 14th of December, 2023. First, a story that broke last night. Democrat Boston mayor holds secret no whites allowed holiday party then accidentally sends the invites to white council members. An email accidentally sent to all Boston, Massachusetts city council members on behalf of the city's Asian Democratic mayor, Michelle Wu, revealed she's hosting a holiday party strictly for elected officials of color. Officials of color. It's, uh, I mean, what is there even to say about this? Obviously, the only reasonable solution for the white council members, white, the white one, the evil ones, to respect the wishes of their colored colleagues and have their own holiday party uh, with just white people. 
after all, you don't want to impose your personage on, on people that don't want you, right? So I think that's perfectly fair. Competing government-sponsored holiday parties, the all-whites and the all-not-whites. And after all, as Matt pointed out yesterday when he sent me this story, what do these people have in common? What does Michelle Wu, uh, you know, Asian woman, have in common at all with, you know, some black city councilwoman that grew up in completely different circumstances? What do they have in common? Well, ostensibly hating white people. But then there's a, a twist to this, and that is that Michelle Wu is married to a white man. Could this all be an elaborate scheme to get a break from her overbearing beta cuck husband? We don't know. We're not sure, but we're going to try to get to the bottom of it. Obviously, it's just blatant and open anti-white racism that should absolutely infuriate every single one of the white council members. I mean, my God, to accidentally get a secret email that's like, hey, elected people of color, you're co- we're having a party. No whites allowed. I'm not sending this to any white counselors. Uh, oh, oops. Oh, whoops, I did. I mean, my God, my God, this woman. And she's been a regular she's been a regular fixture in our show since she became uh, Boston's mayor. She is a despicable rat, basically, and uh, does everything she can to divide the city and humiliate herself. But it's typical of the modern modern world where uh, hate is deplored unless it's against white people. And it pretty much is as simple as that. Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit more later. But meanwhile, Congress passes resolution to formally formally open impeachment inquiry against Biden. The Republican-controlled U.S. House of Representatives voted on Wednesday to formalize the party's ongoing impeachment probe into President Joe Biden's alleged corruption and influence peddling. The resolution was passed on a 221 to 212 vote along perfect party lines. Every president Republican voted in favor of the impeachment inquiry where every Democrat voted against. There was one Democrat absentee. The GOP began investigating Biden's alleged misdeeds after the party retook control of the House in the 2020 midterms. And now, three long years later, we're finally confirming the intention to suggest an inquiry into the possibility of impeachment oh it's happening now folks it's certainly happening now and we'll get into uh, why this is happening as of course the singular refrain from democrats all bleeding along like sheep is there's no evidence there's no evidence for this inquiry despite of course the overwhelming and undeniable evidence that has been spilling out of the corrupt biden crime family for Decades before he even became president, let alone when he was vice president in the time of Trump, as well as now during his presidency. So we'll get into that a little bit later as well. Meanwhile, Jake Sullivan travels to Israel amid signs of Netanyahu rift. U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan speak, uh, 
is heading to Washington to meet with top Israeli officials over the next few days as the White House pushes the Israelis to be more precise in their operations against Hamas in Gaza. The visit by Jake Sullivan comes as a public rift opened between Biden and Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu over the mounting civilian casualties in Gaza and differences in opinion about what a future Palestine should look like after the combat operations end. Sullivan is also set to discuss efforts to release eight American hostages who remain under Hamas control. So, of course, you know, there's a, there's a difference in opinion. There's a difference in strategy, a difference in tactics. The Israelis want to continue the indiscriminate and murderous bombing campaign over all of Gaza, which to date, uh, some numbers are saying have killed upwards of 20, 22, 23,000 people, 10,000 plus of which are children and another large chunk are, are women and, and noncombatant innocent civilians. They want to keep doing that. They want to annex the entire territory into Israel and uh, replace the population with Israelis. And the Biden administration uh, wants them to not do that. They want them to be reasonable and come to some sort of conclusion that's not genocidal. So obviously, you know, Jake Sullivan is traveling to Israel right now as an emissary of the great United States, of the greatest superpower the world has ever known, history's foremost nation in terms of power and influence and sheer unrelenting might. So obviously, Jake Sullivan is going to go to Israel. He's going to get right in Netanyahu's face. He's going to be and he's going to say, listen, you scrub, you absolute corrupt worm. We are the United States, and you exist entirely at our leisure. We can withdraw support anytime we want. You straighten up. You achieve your military goals. We've given you a lot of leeway, but you wrap this up, and you wrap it up quick, or it is hell to pay. And it will be more than just withdrawing our support and letting all of your neighbors do as they will with you. But we'll take the offensive, too, if you don't stop what you're doing right now, correct it, and come to some peaceable solution that can bring calm and avoid a third world war. Obviously, that's what he's doing, right? Obviously, he's going as the, as the emissary of the superpower to lay down the law to Israel, right? That's what's happening, right? Of course not. Of course not. It's going to be like every other time where we're going to make demands. They're going to ignore them, and we're going to reward them. Because, you know, otherwise, Israel will probably activate all of its spy networks it has in America and bring us down from the inside with... Open acts of sabotage. Uh, that's that's probably what it what's actually going to happen, which is pathetic. Meanwhile, Putin says Russia's goals in Ukraine are unchanged and there will be no peace until they're achieved. See, this is another interesting little twist in the Ukrainian story that we sort of forgot to mention yesterday with talks of peace and, and people saying, well, you know, we have to win against Putin or maybe suggesting that there could be some sort of diplomatic solution to this we forgot that uh, that was possible a year ago when it was still sort of uncertain how the war would progress but for the last year putin has dug in his army's been resolute in their defense and uh, it turns out that lost all of the leverage for ukraine and they are in no position to make demands at all we forgot about that we forgot about the part where putin has all of the power and after a year of a failed counteroffensive, no impetus at all to uh, do anything other than win. With all the craziness in the world, the collapsing borders, the war with Russia, the insanity, the, the, the currency devaluations, the economy going crazy, you are crazy in my view if you don't get high quality storable food and water filtration and self-defense. 
now. We're not selling guns and ammo. That's for you to go out and get for yourself and learn how to use if you haven't. And I'm preaching the choir on that. But a lot of people got plenty of guns, but they don't have enough storable food or water filtration. This is something you need now. And we've got it in the food department and in the high quality water filtration department. The highest quality food, the best water filtration at the lowest prices you're going to find and still get quality. Infowarsstore.com is running a special right now for 10% off on all storable food and on water and air filtration. Ladies and gentlemen, you cannot beat this deal. Our prices are already the lowest. At 10% off, it's an insane deal for a limited time. Go to InfoWarsStore.com and get prepared while you still can. If you ever take one piece of my advice, it's get a bottle of X2. It's been sold out for over a year because we wouldn't cut corners and because it's so hard to produce. We finally have a limited run back in supply at InfoWarsStore.com. So many people have serious issues. Look at the UN's own numbers. Billions have cognitive disabilities because they do not have true nascent iodine in their bodies. Most of the other iodine is bound to other heavy metals or bound to other elements, so you don't download it. But this is pure atomic certified iodine. X2 is now back in stock, discounted. So I'm giving Thanksgiving right now for this product being here. It funds the info war, but I guarantee you, you take us for a few weeks, you will feel the difference. It is amazing. It's the missing link X2 back in stock at the end of 2023 at InfoWarsStore.com. X2. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Ladies and gentlemen, the American Journal. Got a lot to talk about today. Yesterday, movie trailer hit the internet called Civil War by somebody named Alex Garland. I think every single person I follow tweeted out the trailer. But you have to say might not be the the best move in an information war to spread the advertising of your opponents. But everybody wanted to comment on it. Some people saying it was predictive programming. Other people saying, hey, guys, calm down. Not everything is predictive programming. I think in terms of predictive programming, it's not just about movies out of Hollywood, which obviously do both... They both follow trends, obviously a lot of talk about national divorce, a lot of strife. I mean, the topic of a new American civil war, it's not exactly a new one. Movies like this have been made forever. And in part, it's responding to the general social atmosphere. And another part, it's driving it and can contribute to it. But it's not just the movies that are programming us to expect and be prepared for violence, but importantly, violence and, and collapse and chaos started by a cyber attack of sorts. Obviously, we talked about this a lot yesterday. 
But Sovereign Bra points us out on Twitter. The media's predictive programming machinery is set to maximum overdrive right now. First, the Obama movie about cyber attacks. Now, this film about civil war in America, where American right wingers are depicted murdering civilians and journalists. The elites are dead set on conditioning as much fear and hysteria in the left as they possibly can in preparation for whatever lies ahead. Pray for peace. Prepare for hard times. And it's not just the Obama movie about a cyber attack and then this movie about the Civil War. It's also the cyber attack preparations that were made in January of this year from the World Economic Forum about the continuous drumbeat of warnings about a cyber attack, taking down all of infrastructure, taking down the banking infrastructure. And of course, we know how tenuous our banking system is in the first place. And of course, a cyber attack would be a very good excuse to blame the collapse on when the collapse in reality is coming from their mismanagement and uh, purposeful corruption in the banking industry. And then you have story after story after story coming out in the last week or so about catastrophic catastrophic cyber attacks. The story to InfoWars documenting this UK at risk of catastrophic cyber attack, quote, at any moment. The United Kingdom is vulnerable to a catastrophic cyber attack that could cripple large sections of its most critical infrastructure. A parliamentary report has warned. So you've got the UK's Joint Committee on National Security Strategy coming out with the cyber attack uh, narrative. You've got tons of American reports saying this. You have the world elite gathering as using this as an excuse. You've got the movies coming out talking about a cyber attack. And you have the reality well, you have, a, you have the story of the Chinese cyber attack earlier this week that appears to have been nothing much more than a probing uh, scouting mission, you know, testing defenses, testing reactions, that sort of thing. And you have the reality that a cyber attack could very easily cripple our infrastructure, our energy production, our food chain, uh, supply chain, transportation, uh, banking communication and the internet in general i mean we're not protected against a massive cyber attack we've even seen devastating cyber attacks like the colonial pipeline cyber attack it took us a very long time to fix and it was a very minor attack against one node on one pipeline and yet it had massive implications for a lot of the united states we're in a very vulnerable position so it's not an outrageous thing to think that a cyber attack could be coming and then you see the way that hollywood and the media and the big think tanks and the government itself is preparing you for a cyber attack. Yeah, I think a cyber attack might be coming. I think we may be in danger of a cyber attack. But here's the thing. It doesn't mean that we are hopeless and, you know, just waiting for the hammer to drop. What it means is that you know the attack that's coming and so you can prepare to defend against it. And the only thing you need to know is that you have to be prepared for the cyber attack before the cyber attack. And just picture a worst-case scenario cyber attack situation where your cell phone doesn't work, your internet doesn't work, your landline doesn't work, you can't access cash at the bank, and basically all of society grinds to a halt like COVID times 10. Well, what do you need to have in place before that happens? You need to have storable food. You should have radio communications, battery-powered. You should have your vital information if it's digital on hard drives that are protected by a Faraday cage in case the cyber attack takes the form of some sort of EMP or even a natural EMP like a sunspot hitting earth, which has been increasing. 
in the recent past. You need to have a plan with your family, right? You need to have a plan in place so that if suddenly you wake up and there's no communications, you don't like, and you have no way to reach your sister across town. You both need to know, all right, in that, if that ever happens, here's where we meet. Here's when you go there, you stay for a certain amount of days. You maybe have a secondary location that you try to get to. You have food and supplies there. Ammo obviously would be extremely important in that situation as well. So prepare now. And so when the cyber attack comes, if it comes, if it's as devastating as they say it is, you're not sitting like a stooge just waiting for the government to come around you up and put you in a FEMA camp for your own safety. Just be prepared. Just have a plan already. Have the communications already. Have just a little, a little plan with your family, like a fire drill, right? When your house is on fire, that's not the time to be teaching your kids about stop, drop, and roll and crawling under the smoke and going for a window or a door. Like that needs to be set in place before the fire happens. So before the cyber attack happens, have your fire drill in place, have your storable food, have your uh, you know, bug out bag, have a bag filled with necessities to survive 24 hours and then 72 hours. And hopefully you can have land or something that you can go to and have a, you know, uh, form of self-sufficiency in the form of uh, husbandry or, or gardening. So just be prepared. And of course, you can go to InfoWarsStore.com to get a lot of the preparedness information as well as books about how to prepare for this type of attack. Like I said, I think if we're under a cyber attack, it's almost equally likely that it's a Chinese, like it's a legitimate Chinese or Russian attack on American infrastructure, just as likely as the powers that be here in America doing it to ourselves in order to cover up the collapse that they're already bringing about in a slower sort of fashion. So just be prepared. Go to InfoWarsStore.com, get your storable food, get your plan in place, call up your, your family and friends, and just it's as simple as, hey, if anything ever happens and we can't communicate, let's go to Dad's Ranch. <laughs> just meet me at Dad's Ranch. Like, it can be as simple as that. So just be prepared, be warned, and guard yourself against the effects of a cyber attack. Then all these warnings, all this cat- catastrophizing uh, can just wash over you like rain off a duck's back. And you don't have to worry about it because you and your family are prepared for this and will not be carted off to a FEMA camp should this type of thing happen. Store.com can get you prepared today. In case you haven't noticed, world government, globalism, the attack on the family, open borders, fentanyl, wars, tyranny, surveillance, censorship, Satanism is all out of the open. But finally, people are waking up and realizing the threat. And it's InfoWars that the enemy recognizes is right at the tip of the spear. And that means you're the tip of the spear. And I'm asking all of you now more than ever to spread the word about the broadcast, to pray for the broadcast, and to get great products at InfoWarsStore.com that will enrich and empower your life. X2 sold out for over a year. Back in stock, selling out, discounted. Shorewide free shipping. Double Patriot points. Turbo Force, the strongest, most powerful nootropic out there. It is discounted. Back in stock. InfoWarsStore.com. Get Turbo Force. Get all the great products at InfoWarsStore.com. And I thank you all for your support. God bless and good luck. Infowars.com is tomorrow's news today.
You're watching The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch live right now at band.video. Have yourself Hi, yes, folks. Merry it's Christmas time again in America. Let your you know what that means. Be it means it's that time of year where the Next year Biden White House grabs America by the hair and just rubs its face in the most degenerate and off-putting, bizarre and obnoxious display that we've ever seen. Long gone are the days of Melania Trump decking the White House in beautiful gold and white, the classy and warm and sophisticated celebration of a holy time. Yeah, this was, uh, this was a couple years ago. It's a little bit different now. It's uh, not exactly the same for our television viewers. We're seeing the way it used to be. Just all very, very sophisticated, very uh, respectable, very beautiful, very warm, but very worthy of being the display of a first world advanced nation. That's not so much what we have anymore. It's uh, a little bit different now. (laughs) It's... Uh, For a different taste, I guess you could say. Let's go now. Clip number nine. This was released by the White House and Jill Biden yesterday. Their traditional Christmas video showing off the decorations and the spirit of Christmas in a way that only the Bidens can. We'll we'll play the video and I'll try to (laughs) describe I'll try to describe for our radio viewers what we're about to see our radio listeners Uh, What they're missing by not seeing this imagery, I'm not sure I have the vocabulary necessary to portray what it is we're about to see, but I'll do my best. Here is the video posted by Jill Biden yesterday celebrating a White House Christmas. Let's watch. Okay, we start with some sort of uh, sparkly black ballerina. I, is that shucking or jiving? Is she shucking or is she jiving? I, I'm honestly not sure of the difference. Okay, some sort of creepy Oompa creature, some sort of demonic creatures uh, hiding in the shadows, coming out and, and jumping out. I'm, I'm getting very racist vibes. Uh, there's some sort of adult woman acting like a child or a hungry mastiff. I'm not exactly sure. Okay, here we have uh, very colorful gay guys uh, prancing around uh, Christmas tree. All right, more shucking and chiving. This is, uh, again, guys, what is the difference between shucking and jiving? I'm, I'm not sure. Do they always go together? Uh, we've got a couple more more tap dancing from the glittery woman and uh, the black nutcracker. It's, I don't know. It's flashbacks of movies from the 40s of people in blackface. They're still tap dancing particularly good, but there we go. All right, we have a spinning flower man. He looks like somebody you would jump on in uh, Super Mario World. He looks like some sort of... I, again, I don't even know how to describe this. Okay, uh, there's a woman in a black business suit now with the candy cane. She's also shucking and jiving. Okay, all right, oh, okay, we're back. I'm sorry, we, I thought we blacked out there for a second, but no, we are back. 
Uh, more shucking, more jiving, more tap dancing. What is this? I'm not even sure anymore. Some sort of Asian nutcracker, I think. Uh, people have giant flowers on their heads. I might be tripping acid. There's some sort of man in a suit with a bunny head. It's off-putting. Okay, everybody is frozen, and now the female uh, nutcracker is doing some sort of sexy dance to the woman, uh, to the child mastiff woman. Uh, <laughs> now, okay, the, the, the furry in the suit with the crown is doing some sort of air guitar thing. It's very cringy. It's very weird. Uh, who are these people? What are they doing? What is this supposed to mean? We are not, none of us are sure. Oh, he's the, is he the rat king? This is supposed to be the nutcracker. Okay, see, I've seen the Nutcracker at the Houston Ballet. It's, it's a beautiful display of a really talented uh, ballet. That's not what this is. I don't, I don't know what that was. I don't know what that was. Did I just experience an acid flashback live on air? Is that what just happened? That's your tax dollars at work. Your tax dollars at work. It was. Okay, when we're coming into the video and the people are coming out from the poll, I'm like, whoa. Like, what is Where it? did they come from? And are those Biden's handlers just coming out the woodwork? <laughs> they're, they're, all, they're always hiding behind the, <laughs> right. the things. Like, Biden can't go down a hallway without three people trying to intercept him, make sure he's on track. This is just what the world always looks like to Biden. That's why it always looks so baffled and confused. It's like, uh, you know, it's like in... I think we discovered it. Yeah, it's like I think in, we uh, figured it out. It's like in, in Thirty Rock when you see the the world through Kenneth's eyes and everybody is a muppet. This is kind of what this is what Joe Biden's reality is. He's just it's like every, what everybody's doing is sort of yeah right here. It's sort of baffling, sort of a, a, just a, a baffling display of swirling colors and people that he doesn't recognize doing things he doesn't understand. It kind of makes sense now. Like if I was the cameraman there, if I was in the place of the camera, just like walking through the White House and this was happening. Yeah, I would also look around with a dead look in my eyes, wondering if everybody is seeing what I'm seeing or if this is something that I should tell a doctor about. Like this is all cute and well and good. But, you know, that like the White House Christmas party features like a blindfolded piano player. (laughs) Right. Everybody in masks. (laughs) Ooh, very weird, very strange, odd, just a sign, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you see the world through Kenneth's eyes. I'm telling you, I think that's just, that's what we're seeing out of the, out of the Biden White House. Biden saw that Christmas video and is like, well, why'd, why'd you just film, you just filmed everyday business? Shouldn't, shouldn't there be something special about it? I can't do a Biden impression. Come on, man. Come on, man. This is beautiful. <laughs> you hick. This, this, this is amazing. It's unlike, look at that rap man. That rap man's got a guitar. Okay, also, He's there was no guitar. guitar being played right there. There was literally no guitar for the air guitar. And then this person got impaled by something, and now they're whirling it around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, uh, it's great. No, I'm, I'm just I'm blown away. I'm so impressed. I mean, the dance moves aren't even, aren't even good. I got into the Celtic festival and, and they have Irish dancers that are like 12 years old that are just like tap dance. Like it's nobody's business. That was not, that was not good. <laughs> it's just not good. It was not good. 
can we just can we cleanse the palate? Just cleanse the palate. Let's go to clip number thirteen um, and just pretend for a minute. We'll just take a little trip in our Christmas time machine. We'll be visited from the ghost of Christmas past. Here's Christmas at the White House under an administration that is not completely filled with psychopaths. Let's watch. Oh, oh my God. Oh, it's so calm. Ooh, I feel like my head's been filled with sort of multicolored static up till now. Oh, but it's all washing away. The calm, loving embrace of Melania Trump. Understated, sophisticated. Clean, simple. Nobody shucking, not a single jive to be found. Nobody dressed up like a rat, pretending to play the guitar. Just a, just a nice, calm, gentle Christmas. You're not having your, your taste and, and vision assaulted by the frenzied whirling of college drama kids. Wow. You should impeach him over that. Is that in the article of impeachment? We'll get into the article of impeachment here. Uh, I want to see crimes against good taste on that list. I want to see crimes against d- decency and, and the dignity and honor that being the most powerful person in the world once held, occupying our White House, it's contained. Ugh. In case you haven't noticed, world government, globalism, the attack on the family, open borders, fentanyl, wars, tyranny, surveillance, censorship, Satanism is all out of the open. But finally, people are waking up and realizing the threat. And it's InfoWars that the enemy recognizes is right at the tip of the spear. And that means you're the tip of the spear. And I'm asking all of you now more than ever to spread the word about the broadcast, to pray for the broadcast, and to get great products at InfoWarsStore.com that will enrich and empower your life. X2 sold out for over a year. Back in stock, selling out, discounted. Shorewide free shipping. Double Patriot points. Turbo Force, the strongest, most powerful nootropic out there. It is discounted. Back in stock. InfoWarsStore.com. Get Turbo Force. Get all the great products at InfoWarsStore.com. And I thank you all for your support. God bless and good luck. I'm a humble person, and I want to say that I'm just a man, but I'm not just a man. Just like you, no matter what color you are, whether you're a man or a woman, you were made by the creator of the universe who had a plan for you, who has a destiny for you. That's why the system hates you and fears you, and that's why they hate me. It's because the spirit I carry is one of justice and truth and courage and honor and will and love. My friends, the enemy's coming after me. Not because I'm a loser, but because I'm a winner. They're coming after you, not because you're a bad person, because you're a good person. Because you love God and God loves you. And so I signed up for this. I signed up for this fight. And I'm not a victim. I'm an overcomer. But I can't fight this fight without you. That's why I want you to always remember that I appreciate you and I thank you. Because InfoWars is your fight. InfoWars is your baby. It's the thing you built. We did this together. So God bless you all. Let's keep fighting. 
listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, there's so much heavy news to get into. There's a lot of intense things going on right now with Israel and Ukraine, and, and we'll get to some of that. The Hunter Biden subpoena that he has defied now faces contempt of Congress. And Joe Biden defending that while simultaneously having an, inqu- an impeachment inquiry opened against him. You've got more battles between Elon Musk and literally everyone. Literally everybody in the establishment is doing everything they possibly can to stop Elon Musk, and it's not working, and it's very funny to see. And we're, of course, going to take your calls in the third hour of today's show. No guest today, so we've got plenty of time. So I want to go to a video here. There's... Two videos I want to show. Both of them are about five minutes long, so they're a little bit longer. But I think it's uh, worth it to go to them and then comment on them. And they are two videos from Vivek Ramaswamy's CNN Town Hall yesterday. A couple of these videos went viral. Two of them I thought were important. The first because he's doing what Donald Trump did in 2016 and what all Republicans should do any time they're in front of a camera somewhere like CNN, which is just tell the unadulterated truth, get your side out, do not let them drive you off the point or befuddle you with bizarre non sequitur accusations. Like they have a strategy, and you'll see it on display here, and you'll see Vivek Ramaswamy sort of just keeps going, just sort of steamrolls. This question is about January 6th being an inside job, and I don't know if I've ever seen a television host be more annoying than this woman. I, like, I have to apologize before I show you this clip because I was like – it's one of these clips where you're watching it, and she asks a question. Vivek starts to answer it, and she starts interrupting and just keeps interrupting and just won't stop interrupting. Vivek's just trying to answer the question, and meanwhile, there's this – undercurrent of just like oh, but actually but actually i think you should but no i think actually we uh, but you have to remember that and it's just like oh my god oh my god it's infuriating it truly is uh, but you can tell why this is what they have to do like this isn't a world where you know a liberal news reporter asks a question and sits quietly and respectfully while the other person answers only to then you know argue back in some sort of dignified way we're in a world now where they already know the answer he's going to give. They already have pre-prepared objections to the statements he's going to make. And so they try to interject the objections mid-sentence in an attempt to not let him get out what he's trying to say by muddying the water and poisoning the well before he's able to even say it. So let's just go to this video because it's Vivek Ramaswamy powering through, just chugging on through this obstruction uh, by this CNN lackey, and uh, he actually gets out the truth despite the incessant whining of the person who asked him the question in the first place. Let's go now to clip number 10. Here's Vivek 
saying, too bad for CNN. We will take the truth on January 6th, the mainstream. Let's watch. So let me ask you about something that you said at the debate last week. You used the phrase inside job to describe what happened on January 6th. The next day, Capitol rioter Alan Hosteller uh, highlighted your comments at his sentencing. He is going to prison for 11 years. Hosteller uh, threatened members of Congress. He brought a hatchet, knives, pepper spray, stun batons, tactical gear to the U.S. Capitol. Are you concerned that a convicted felon like that is now promoting your comments in court? So here's my concern, Abby. And I want to tell you guys where I'm at. If you had told me, it's close to three years ago that January 6, 2021 happened. If you had told me three years ago, back when I was a biotech CEO, not steeped in this world, I was just consuming passive media, but was focused on my world of developing medicines. If you had told me that January 6 was in any way an inside job, the subject of government entrapment, I would have told you that was crazy talk. Fringe conspiracy theory nonsense. I can tell you now, having gone somewhat deep in this, it's not. I mean, the reality is this. We do have a government, first of all, we have to acknowledge that has lied to us systematically over the last several years about the origin of COVID-19, about the Hunter Biden laptop that we were told was false by 51 CIA experts and otherwise before we now know that it was true. You can go straight down the list, the Trump-Russia disinformation collusion hoax, all of it. Now we come to January 6th. The reality is we know that there were federal law enforcement agents in that field. We don't know how many. I think it's Mr. shameful. Ramos, if, if I may finish just answering, well, let me just. Is, is really I, I'm going to. I'm going to go ahead and interrupt you here because because you're I know this, that there the establishment were, doesn't approve of this message. I know that there this, were federal we agents. Be able to talk about this. You're saying that there were federal this is, agents. This is important to talk about. Yes, you are saying important. there were federal agents in the crowd on on, yes. on January 6th. Yep. There is no evidence that there were federal agents in the crowd on January 6th. So, so why, before Congress, when pressed on what the number was, they didn't say there were none. They just couldn't so say how many there were. So you're saying that there's no, that you have not seen evi- any evidence so that we've there seen were. Multiple, and so we've seen multiple informants were. suggesting that there were. We know people were, we know people were FBI informants who were asked to Is do there this. any evidence? May I, may I just, may I just there, finish let me, this well, and you can come back and question me? But let me clarify. I know it's very uncomfortable for you. I'm going to clarify my question I know this is an uncomfortable issue for many people. Okay, this is the annoying part. Let's pause it real quick. Let's just pause it and then we'll go back to the yelling over each other <laughs> but you have to understand I, i've tried to explain this but this is a good example of this to the mainstream media if it isn't told to them by the spy agencies then it's a conspiracy theory it's nonsense it's unproven right you have no proof you have no proof to them proof comes from one source it's from the deep state if it's said by the deep state it is unquestionable truth even when it's proven to be wrong they still defer to the deep state establishment, the Hunter Biden laptop would be a good example. They still, if you ask, like, is the Hunter Biden, they'll say, well, it, it had all of the hallmarks of Russian disinformation. Like, they'll still run with the official deep state statement. I'm not saying deep state in, like, some sort of conspiratorial way. Like, just the, the intelligence agencies, what they say is God's word to the ma- mainstream media. And if they don't say it, then it's not God. So because the deep state themselves, because the FBI and CIA hasn't, CIA haven't come out and said, you know, without reservation, yes, we had undercover people in the crowd on January 6th, even though, as Vivek will point out, they've made that admission, uh, you know, tangentially. They've said, we don't know how many were in there, meaning that there were some, meaning that it was more than zero. So they've they've tacitly admitted that there were agents. But because they haven't come out and said, yes, we had 
government agents undercover inside the crowd January 6th and to CNN and to the CNN reporters, it is unproven, debunked conspiracy theory. That's I just really want to drive that home that to these people, if it comes from the mouths of CIA agents or the FBI leadership, then it is undeniably true. And you're a crazy conspiracy theorist for doubting it. And if it doesn't come straight from then, then they won't even consider it. You understand what I'm saying? That it's not like they think something's true and then it gets confirmed by the deep state. It's like if it doesn't come from them, then they won't even entertain the idea. They won't even entertain the idea. So let's go back to Vivek Ramaswamy and this woman. Vivek's just making obviously good and and, uh, relevant and and important points, but uh, she just has to interject that – well, they haven't admitted to this yet, so you're not allowed to say it, even though it's true, even though we all know it's true, even though tacitly they have admitted it because it's not explicit, then CNN has to insist that it's not true. So let's go back. You understand oh, what I'm oh, asking. I, I understand this deeply. And I told you, I was where working three years the, ago. I'm where not is there now. Where is the evidence? Yes. Where is the evidence that the government had a plot? So let's do this. An inside job. I, but no, no, I'm going to tell you what an inside job is because I'm not going to – I'm not violence respect, on January 6th. Where I'm not going to let you put words in my that? mouth. I'm going to put my words in my mouth. And I'm going to tell you what, what I mean by that. Where is the evidence that the government was involved Entrapment. in planning or executing okay. January 6th? Where so I'm going I'm to give you hard facts. And, and if I may, Abby, I know this is going to be a little uncomfortable. But we're going we're, we're gonna to go through this and you can, and you can, you can push Just back on it after the evidence. That. And you can push back on that. And let's do this fairly. Why did they suppress footage – of now what's been released, 200 hours of footage of shooting rubber bullets into that crowd, shooting tear gas into that crowd. You didn't see that before. You saw what the response was to that. Uh, now you see footage Ms. coming out of actually rolling out the red carpet for Capitol Mr. Police allowing Mr. people in. Again, right through the front the door. The vast majority I mean, of that footage, footage, footage should have been released shows, before, Abby. Mr. Ramaswamy, the vast majority been released of the before. footage shows and my police officers being overrun and, and I want to talk about one more by violent really riders. That's yeah, I'm going to give you some hard facts. Of it shows. So what, here's what entrapment is. Cherry pick I'm not cherry picking. You if I may finish, Abby. If I may finish, Abby. I'm not cherry picking. Examples. To the contrary. To the country, you, you know cherry pick examples. You know cherry pick the government. That, that is what happened. The government cherry picked twelve hours of footage when there was two hundred hours of footage. Like cherry picking was the government, not me. Release so, the whole thing. And let me let me just finish one thing too, because this is super important as a topic. So when you, I when, think this is a civil libertarian issue of our time. When we Gresham talking, Whitmer's kidnapping. I want to keep. It, I want to be really clear on this because it's the same issue in the same FBI, same even part of the FBI. Oh, she doesn't have Three the uh, Whitmer talking points prepared on her little card there. Whitmer. Oh, suddenly she well, has nothing to say because she doesn't have a pre-prepared responses to him associating it to the Whitmer case. We'll show you more on the other side. In case you haven't noticed, world government, globalism, the attack on the family, open borders, fentanyl, wars, tyranny, surveillance, censorship, Satanism is all out of the Uh, open. But finally people are waking up and realizing the threat. And it's InfoWars. The enemy recognizes is right at the tip of the spear. And that means you're the tip of the spear. And I'm asking all of you now more than ever to spread the word about the broadcast, to pray for the broadcast, and to get great products at InfoWarsStore.com that will enrich and empower your life. X2 sold out for over a year. Back in stock, selling out, discounted. Shorewide free shipping. Double Patriot points. Turbo Force, the strongest, most powerful nootropic out there. It is discounted. Back in stock. InfoWarsStore.com. Get Turbo Force. Get all the great products at InfoWarsStore.com, and I thank you all for your support. God bless, and good luck.
You're watching The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Welcome back, folks. Taking out of American Journal is on. We're going to go back again to this clip of Vivek Ramaswamy explaining just how it's just absurdly obvious how January 6th was orchestrated, calling it an inside job. Uh, He's laid out that, you know, the crowd at the Capitol on January 6th was peaceful until the police started firing rubber bullets and tear gas into the crowd, actually firing them over the heads of the people in the front, driving the people in the front forward into the line of police that was knowingly and purposefully kept thin, uh, way too thin for the crowd that they should have been expecting. And some were, in fact, aware of just how big the crowd would be. And it's it's almost too impossible. It's almost impossible to enumerate the number of examples uh, that we have from books written by the chief of Capitol Police. Talk about how information intelligence was purposely withheld from him to videos of the actual uh, police themselves talking about, you know, you can just hear them during January 6th, like speaking on the radio, being like undercover one says this undercover two is over here. Like to say that there are no, no, there were no federal agents in the crowd that day is absurd. And so she's almost like deploying point by point, the typical leftist non-arguments to factual statements. First is to say there's no evidence, there's no proof, based solely on the fact that the authorities themselves have not said or you know said this was true or provided the evidence. So therefore, it doesn't exist, even though it does, even though it's on video, even though it's statements and medical reports and just infinite numbers of ev- infinite amount of evidence. If it doesn't, it's not a blatant and explicit admission by the deep state, then it doesn't exist for the mainstream media. That's the first. Then she takes what he's saying, morphs it into something he doesn't say, and then claims that that's wrong, right? He's like, it's an inside job. They let people in. You can see on the video, they're opening the door for people and standing there, welcome in. Like, everybody knows this, and everybody's known it since January 6th, the day, right? Everybody's, it's, everybody knows this. So what she says is, there's no evidence that the authorities planned and organized and whatever, like, well, he didn't say that, so... Like these are the tactics, right? Appeal to authority. Well, the authority didn't didn't admit they did it, so it must not be true. Then take it out of context, build a straw man, defeat the straw man argument. Uh, and then what was the third? Then, then whatever third thing <laughs> she did just then. I, I let's rewind it back like thirty seconds, and I'll I'll say I'll say what it is because she just did it. She just did the 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 final strategy. So let's go back to uh, Vivek and, and whoever this lady is. Why did they suppress footage of now what's been released, 200 hours of footage of shooting rubber bullets into that crowd, shooting tear gas into that crowd? You didn't see that before. You saw what the response was to that. Uh, Now you see footage coming out of actually rolling out the red carpet for Capitol Mr. Police allowing Mr. people in, again, right through the front the vast door. majority I mean, of that video evidence should have been released Show. before Abby. Mr. Ramaswamy, yeah. the vast majority accusing you what they're guilty of. My Police officers, is vast majority of footage. By violent this is really important. Riders. That's yeah, I'm going to give you some hard facts. Of it shows. So what? Here's what entrapment you can't is. Cherry yeah, pick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let me explain. All right, you can put. You can pause now. So right, they're getting into the argument about cherry picking. She's accusing him of cherry picking. And he's pointing out, obviously, we've had a 9-11 commission. We've had the hearings. Remember the primetime show trial that they held on where they 
I mean, you're talking about cherry picking. This is like this is picking the pit out of the cherry, right? This is so minute the details that they were willing to show to the American people compared to the wider view. Now, essentially what she's saying is the vast majority of footage, it's sort of a, a new form of the fiery but peaceful protest where they're like, it was a very, very small number of of violent rioters, less than 1% of the protesters for Black Lives Matter were violent. It's like, okay, but if there are 10 million protesters, 1% of that is still a hell of a lot of people committing a hell of a lot of violence. So if you show a video where for a few seconds you see police fire uh, flashbangs and rubber bullets into a crowd, and then the rest of the footage is the crowd responding to that, then yeah, most of the footage is the crowd uh, attacking or overwhelming the police. But the important part are those first three seconds where the police start it and initiate the whole thing. That's the cause of the rest of the footage. You're tuned in to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. So the point that Vivek Ramaswamy is making about January 6th is not really, in, in reality, objectionable at all. It's not fetched or even remotely unlikely like it's obvious that the deep state spy apparatus who for years has been telling us that evil white trump supporting rural americans are the biggest danger and have set up the gretchen whitmer kidnapping case among you know among other false flag attempts to discredit the conservative movement you think they didn't have People under like it would be a utter dereliction of duty, according to them, to not have agents embedded in the Proud Boys or the Oath Keepers or any group of protesters that arrived on January sixth that day. Again, it's just it, it's hard to even it's hard to even imagine what type of person is so convinced. To lie. I don't think I, – I don't believe this woman believes what she's saying. I, I almost guarantee you, you, you shoot her full of truth serum, some sort of magic you know, truth-telling potion, and you go, were there agents in the crowd? She'd be like, yeah, duh, obviously. Obviously there are agents in the crowd. Are you kidding me? They're everywhere, just chock full of them. She knows. She knows perfectly well. But she also knows that she has a narrative to uphold, and she's a, a soulless uh, – corporate avatar so of course she's going to lie despite knowing that she's lying and and so i don't believe these people believe the lie i think they know exactly what they're doing and it's it it boggles my mind to try to imagine the the level of shame these people are willing to swallow uh, to do their part to serve what they know to be a despicable cabal of liars that is the federal government so let's go back now to vivek and the professional liar uh, and he goes off script. He starts talking about Gretchen Whitmer, and you can see her look down at her paper like, oh, crap, I, I don't have anything about this. I have all of these other points prepared. Okay, call it cherry picking if he talks about the video. Okay, say there's no proof when he talks about agents being in the crowd. You know, if he talks about it, it being an inside job, you know, make the claim that what he's saying is that it was all orchestrated 100%. It was totally fake, and nobody died, and everybody there was an agent. And that's ridiculous, sir. Like, t- make claims he doesn't make, debunk those, and then act like you just won the argument. She's got all of these on a, on a little notepad for her. He talks up, when he brings up 
Gretchen Whitmer, uh, there's no talking points, so she shuts up and he keeps going. So let's go back to uh, Vivek and the woman. Mr. Ramaswamy, the vast majority of the before. footage shows and my police officers being overrun and, and I talk about one more by violent really riders. That's yeah, what I'm gonna the vast majority of it, of it shows. So what, here's what entrapment is. I'm not cherry-picking. If I may finish, Abby. If I may finish, Abby. I'm not cherry-picking. Examples. To, to the contrary. To the country, you know, cherry pick examples. You know, cherry pick the government. That, that is what happened. The government cherry picked 12 hours of footage when there was 200 hours of footage. So cherry picking was the government, not me. Release so, the whole thing, and let me let me just finish one thing too, because this is super important as a topic. So when you, I when, think this is a civil libertarian issue of our time. When we Gretchen talking, Whitmer's kidnapping. I want to keep. I want to be really clear on this because it's the same issue in the same FBI, same even part of the FBI. Three people who were in an alleged plot to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer were acquitted at the end of trial. Because it was entrapment. That is, government agents put them up to do something they otherwise wouldn't have done. They gave them credit cards with spending limits of up to $5,000, encouraged them to buy munitions, plan something they weren't otherwise willing to plan. So much so, and I want people at home to know this, especially CNN viewers to know this, is that one of the jurors went to those defendants and apologized afterwards, gave him a hug, apologized, seeing what the government had put a poor guy up to who had to go to some Mexican restaurant across the street to get hot water. These people were exploited with credit cards up to $5,000, FBI agents, putting them up to a kidnapping plot that we were told was true but was entrapment. 14, Same thing with the Capitol Police. People Mr. letting them in freely. Many of those people Mr. then Mr. being Mr. charged. Look, the government cannot I, put you up I to do something and then Mr. charge Mr. you for it. Look. That's wrong. I don't want to have to. To the left I don't, or the right. I don't, don't want to have to. I don't want to I really don't. But I don't want you to mislead the audience here or I'm at not. home. I'm not. I think they've been misled 14. by the mainstream media. The whole crowd laughs at her. Ugh, humiliating. Absolutely humiliating. That is what selling your soul looks like, folks, and we can all see it. Yeah, it's just, it's just pathetic. These people are pathetic. Go Vivek. He is shattering their Overton window. He's saying all of the things they don't want him to say. And anybody of, of any political party should be very concerned if the federal government has and will continue and is, is attempting to continue. Like What all of this is about is providing cover for the next operation, right? You can't have people knowing that the government does this. You can't have people being suspicious of the government for the next time that this type of thing happens. They're trying to uphold a increasingly shaky facade of legitimacy. It's like the government is is being made illegitimate in the eyes of the American people as we speak. And that's a death knell for a construct of deception and lies and manipulation. So they're really desperate to not have this go, not have this idea permeate throughout the American people. But it shouldn't matter whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. The idea that the federal government with its unlimited resources, with its incredible powers of surveillance and pulling the strings of power in courthouses across the nation, like you should be very, very worried that they're using that against the American people and that they will entrap you and then that their media hound dogs will go after you for exposing the fact that you were entrapped. And it's not speculation, just like – the election being stolen wasn't speculation. It's a matter of inevitability. It's a matter of public record. And we have we had a video uh, story yesterday. We have a video today. 
I don't know if I put it in yet, but it talks about a national poll showing that something like one in five voters admit to some form of voting fraud. One in five, one out of every five of the people asked admitted to like filling out somebody else's ballot, mailing in ballots that weren't theirs, uh, mailing in ballots late, but backdating, like just some some form of manipulation of the much uh, the severely weakened voter security system as a result of mail-in ballots. You don't have to argue about data being sent to Italy or China and being manipulated, about hacking voting machines, about um, – you don't even have to get into like ballot dumps and um, this sorts of stuff. It's a simple, undeniable, and incontrovertible fact that the way that the mail-in balloting system was implemented was against the law and that it was implemented in such a rushed and incomplete and haphazard way that it was impossible to stop cheating. So you don't even have to have the details. You don't have to know. Just like on January 6th, there's videos of police standing there opening the door for people that are walking in. That's entrapment. If a police officer is staying there going, welcome, you're allowed to come in here. And then the moment you step over, they arrest you and say, ha, you were trespassing. Now you have to go to jail for 11 years. That's entrapment. It's not like a speculation. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's not it's not anything. It's just entrapment. It's just the police telling you to do something and then arresting you for it. That's entrapment. Case closed. Argument over. That's it. Done. So these people know this. They know this is true. They know this is the case. They know that all of these things from the origin of COVID, all the things that Vivek listed, the origin of COVID, the Russia collusion, the Hunter Biden laptop, the January 6th entrapment scheme, the Governor Whitmer entrapment scheme, the stolen election through mail-in ballot manipulation and uh, untraceable and unconfirmable mail-in ballot process that makes it literally impossible to know whether or not anybody's cheated, which means you just have to, for the sake of Safety, assume it has, and there's a story. New poll finds one in five voters admit to mailing mail-in voter fraud in 2020 election, which obviously, obviously, this is the case, right? In every single one of these situations, it's not speculation. You don't have to have a leap of logic. You don't have to be a right-winger. They are manipulating and lying and entrapping and destroying the American people. And if you're an American person, you should care about this. You're a CNN agent. You should. The InfoWars Live Silver Bullet Colloidal Silver has finally returned. To celebrate this powerful product's long-awaited homecoming, we're slashing $10 off the asking price, passing the savings on to you. Silver Bullet is the answer to Alex's extensive search for a powerful colloidal silver product that utilizes high-quality processes that has applications for both preparedness and regular use. Concentrated to 30 parts per million in a pure base of deionized water, this survival silver is the perfect fit for you and your family's routine and emergency supply. Beloidal silver is an amazing natural product that can assist your body's many healing processes. Do a deep dive, research the possibilities of colloidal silver yourself, and don't miss out on this limited time offer of $10 off. Try InfoWars Life Silver Bullet Colloidal Silver today. Available right now at InfoWarsStore.com.
In the early 1900s, certain companies were off-gassing highly toxic fluoride gases into the atmosphere. The surrounding communities began to get sick. Laws were enacted to compel these corporations to install scrubbers to convert these gases into fluorosilicic acid, still highly toxic but containable. Now these companies had a stockpile of this poison, and there was no affordable way to dispose of it. Lucky for them, one of their major stockholders was also the Secretary of the Treasury, who was responsible for the public health service at the time. And by 1950, the U.S. government began buying this toxic, untreated industrial waste product and dumping it into our drinking water. Reputable studies show that it's causing various cancers and other disease. With the Alexa Pure Pro, you can have clean drinking water and a remedy to this madness. Available now at InfoWarsStore.com. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back, folks. Uh, there's another video from Vivek Ramaswamy's uh, town hall with CNN yesterday that I want to go to about religion. But before we move on from January 6th, there's been another uh, development in a lot of January 6th cases. This report from AP. Supreme Court will hear case that could undo capital riot charges against hundreds, including Donald Trump. The Supreme Court on Wednesday said it will hear an appeal that could upend hundreds of charges stemming from the Capitol riot. The justices will review a charge of obstruction of an official proceeding that has been brought against more than 300 people. The change refers to the disruption. The charge refers to the disruption of Congress's certification of Joe Biden's 2020 presidential election victory over Trump. The obstruction charge, which carries up to 20 years behind bars, is among the most widely used felony charges brought in the massive federal prosecution following the deadly insurrection of January 6, 2021, at least <laughs> deadly insurrection. Sorry, it's just, just sorry, I'll keep going. At, at least 152 people have been convicted at trial or pled guilty to obstructing an official proceeding, and at least 108 of them have been sentenced, according to the Associated Press Review of Court Documents. You see just the sheer number of people that have been wrapped up in this. A lower court judge had dismissed the charge against Joseph Fisher, a former Pennsylvania police officer, and two other defendants, ruling it didn't cover their conduct. The justices agreed to hear the appeal filed by lawyers for Fisher, who's facing a seven-count indictment for his actions on January 6th, including the obstruction charge. The other defendants, uh, defendants are Edward Jacob Lang of New York's Hudson Valley and Garrett Miller, who's since pleaded guilty. U.S. District Judge Carl Nichols found that the prosecutors stretched the law beyond its scope to inappropriately apply it to these cases. Nichols ruled that a defendant must have taken some action with respect to a document, record, or other object to obstruct an official proceeding under the law. The Justice Department challenged that ruling, and the appeals court in Washington agreed with prosecutors in April that Nichols' interpretation of the law was too limited. Other defendants, including Trump, are separately challenging the use of this charge. Defense attorney Kira Ann West, who's represented several January 6th defendants charged with obstruction of of official proceedings, 
said the court will have to, quote, undo a whole bunch of cases and adjust many sentences if the Supreme Court rules in their favor, saying, quote, this is a watershed day in our world, defense lawyer world. This is huge. West represents a man scheduled to be tried in early January on charges including obstruction counts. She doesn't yet know if she'll seek a delay with the Supreme, uh, until the Supreme Court resolves the challenge. More than 1,200 people have been charged with federal crimes stemming from the riot. More than 700 defendants have pled guilty. And yet uh, hundreds, over 100 you know, already guilty convictions as well as hundreds more potential cases uh, could be thrown out as obstructing official proceedings – shouldn't really apply in the case where a, a protest gets out of hand and people that were there randomly walk into the Capitol. I mean, none of their charges really make any sense if you think about it. I know I've said it a million times, but the Proud, the Proud Boys were convicted of an unspoken conspiracy. Unspoken conspiracy. So, you know, that's crazy. They're being charged with sedition and insurrection insane people that weren't even at the capitol Stuart Rhodes never even went into the capitol it's never even really on capitol grounds but he's in prison for decades under seditious conspiracy charges that's all insane all of this should be going to the supreme court all of this should be challenged at every step of the way because they are clearly going above and beyond the strict rule of law they are clearly and have admitted I mean, the, the statements they made immediately following January 6th was that they wanted to do a shock and awe campaign explicitly and specifically targeting people with large social media followings in order to create a chilling effect for any other protest or pushback or dissident behavior in the future. That's not what the law is for. So if they're exceeding the mandates of the law, if they're applying to these prosecutions laws that do not apply to the actions of the person being prosecuted – then it should be absolutely thrown out. And honestly, the people who tried to bring these charges about should themselves be in charge with false imprisonment. There was no insurrection. There was no sedition. The only people that died that day were the people that the police murdered in cold blood. There was no plan. There was no violence even until the police from the balconies high above the crowd fired tear gas and flashbangs and rubber bullets into the peaceful crowd behind the front lines, driving them forward into the police and creating the catastrophe in the first place, in addition to God knows how many, but at least dozens, probably hundreds of undercover FBI agents and other deep state actors in the crowd, often in many cases leading the charge and inspiring the violence that did occur. So this is good news for people that have been charged with uh, obstruction of justice. But it's still a very, very long way to go to get any semblance of justice for the people that were affected by this. I mean these videos alone should be played continuously. And look, you could, par- you could cherry pick this in either direction. You could show exclusively images of protesters being violent or police you know, falling down and being overwhelmed by crowds. Likewise, you could show nothing but a compilation of – Police being brutal and, you know, shooting people in the chest from two feet away without a warning and 
firing flashbangs and blowing people's face apart with rubber bullets and beating people senseless and stopping people from providing medical attention to people who later died. I mean, you could show a compilation hours long of just the sheer unrelenting state violence that was inflicted on previously peaceful protesters. You could cherry pick either way. The question is, if you don't cherry pick, if you just show all the video in context, what does it show? And the reality of what it shows was that a peaceful protest was suddenly and without reason assaulted by the Capitol Police and other federal police agencies starting and igniting the conflict in the first place and the brutality and the actual high level of violence came almost exclusively from the police and any violence not from the police was committed in self-defense basically. You could cherry pick. You could cherry pick either way. But again, I just want to point out that if this was an insurrection, if this was sedition, if this was the American government teetering on the brink of collapse and that if things had gone differently that day, we'd be in some sort of different country now with Donald Trump as supreme overlord. I know this is a cartoonishly stupid vision to actually take seriously, but this is the story they're trying to sell. And if that was the case – And if they really felt that way and if they were legitimately scared for their lives and scared that America was about to be taken over by a bunch of unarmed protesters with no plan and no organization who literally just went home when you asked them to. But if they were about to overthrow the United States government, then they should be awarding medals of honor to Alex Jones and Owen Schroyer, who did more than anybody else that day to lessen the violence, to stop the invasion using their overwhelming and unparalleled influence with the crowd to instead of inflame the crowd, instead of inspire the crowd to do the things that the Democrats are saying they did, instead drove them away from the Capitol, stopped them from falling for this trap. And if they were really so scared about January 6th, they would be honoring Alex Jones and thanking him for saving their lives. The fact that they're not shows you how fraudulent this whole thing is. What have you had a chance to take on the globalist? What have you had a chance to stand up against everything the U.N. and Bill Clinton and Barack Obama and all these globalists are doing? Would you support it? Well, guess what? We're not some fly-by-night operation. I've been on air 29 years, and we have devastated the New World Order together. But now more than ever, I need your support, and I make it easy by bringing you the best books, the best films, the best supplements, the best water filtration, the best everything. And right now for Christmas, only a week or so left, Free shipping store-wide, double Patriot points, X2 back in stock, massively discounted. Vitamin Fusion, about to sell out, still discounted. Turbo Force, 10 hours of energy, back in stock. Please go to InfoWarsStore.com right now, ladies and gentlemen, and get great products and fund the InfoWar. I respectfully ask for your support, and I thank you for your support. God bless. Infowars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. 
Simon from Florida a little bit later to break down the global wars going on, especially some of the developments from Putin as he is announcing to everybody that he's in no position to be forced into an unfriendly peace resolution. Maybe last year, maybe the year before, maybe before the inefficacy of the Ukrainian counteroffensive was put on display for the world to see, and you could have had some sort of leverage to get good terms out of Putin, but Putin is in complete control of the Ukrainian war at this point and has no reason to agree to peace terms that are unfavorable, unfavorable to him at all, representing the total and complete failure of the American foreign policy master's to achieve anything out of Ukraine whatsoever. So we have a lot more stories to get to. I do want to go to one more video here. It's Vivek Ramaswamy being asked about his Hindu faith. And longtime viewers of the show will know this is sort of my biggest issue with Vivek Ramaswamy, as well as with people like Tulsi Gabbard. It didn't really bother me that much until I saw Tulsi Gabbard at one point wish happy birthday to some Hindu guru that she was basically like he is a god it's like well i don't want my president thinking that some naked dude in india is a literal god because what does that mean i mean if you really believe that if you really think that that human being is in fact a god don't you have to like do whatever he says aren't don't you have to subordinate your will to whatever he's he's a god i mean come on so I don't like religions or cults that look to living human beings as if they're God. I don't like that. I'm not down with that. I would prefer a Christian. But I was very impressed by Vivek's response, and we'll comment about it on the other side. Here is clip 11 from the CNN town hall yesterday. Vivek answering about his Hindu faith. Let's turn to Jenny Mitchell. She is an entomologist at Iowa State University from Boone, Iowa. She is a Republican who is currently undecided. Jenny? Thank you. Thanks for being here, and thanks for coming to Iowa so much. We appreciate your visits. Uh, So freedom of religion is a part of our Constitution and obviously a huge part of our country. What do you say to those who say that you cannot be our president because your religion is not what our founding fathers based our country on? I would say that I respectfully disagree. And, you know, I want people to understand this about me. I would rather speak the truth and lose an election than to win by playing some political snakes and ladders. I mean, if I wanted to map out my political career and really solve for that, you know, I could fake convert. You know, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to tell you about my faith. I'm Hindu. Now, I went to Christian schools. I went to St. Xavier in Cincinnati, and I actually have been on the board of St. X, except for a hiatus to run for president. And I can tell you with confidence that we share the same value set in common. I'll tell you about my faith. My faith teaches me that God puts each of us here for a purpose, that we have a moral duty to realize that purpose, that God works through us in different ways, but we're still equal. Because God resides in each of us. Now, I had what you would call not a 
traditional upbringing, but probably a very traditional upbringing. Right? My parents taught me family is the foundation. Marriage is sacred. Divorce isn't some option. You just prefer off a menu when things don't go your way. Abstinence before marriage is the way to go. Adultery is wrong. That the good things in life involve a sacrifice. Now, are those foreign values in this country? I know it could look that way at times. You turn on the television, go to the movie theater, your local DEI training at a company or what they're teaching your kids in schools. That could seem a little unfamiliar. I don't think it's unfamiliar to most of us. I think those are the same Judeo-Christian values that I learned at St. X. When we get to the Ten Commandments, what do they say? There's one true God. Don't take his name in vain. Observe the Sabbath. Respect your parents. Don't kill. Don't lie. Don't cheat. Don't steal. Don't commit adultery. Don't covet. That's when it hit me. We share the same value set in common. There's another core teaching in my faith, which is that we don't get to choose who God works through. God chooses who God works through. So we get to the Old Testament a little bit further along. We get to the book of Isaiah. I don't know if many of you are familiar with with that one. God chose Cyrus, a Gentile all the way in Persia, to lead the Jewish people back to the promised land. And so, yes, I believe God put us here for a purpose. My faith is what leads me on this journey to run for president. My gratitude to this country is what leads me. And even when we think about the founding fathers, I'm a fan of history, okay? I talked about Thomas Jefferson earlier. We'll stick to Thomas Jefferson. He was a deist, actually. Let's be honest about it. The left wants to rewrite our history and tell you he was a slave owner, an evil man. No, I reject that. But we're not going to have anybody rewriting our history. Thomas Jefferson was a deist. He made the Jefferson Bible. You know how he did it? He didn't believe in all the parts of the New Testament, but he took a blade, razor blade by hand, glued it together. And that made the Jefferson Bible, which we have today. John Adams wrote letters to Thomas Jefferson, actually became something of a Hindu scholar after he left. And so I think it's important to see our founding fathers three-dimensionally, not the way that they've been rewritten post-1990 either. And so, yes, do I sh- would I be the best president to spread Christianity through this country? I would not. I'd be not the best choice for that. But I also don't think that that's the job of the U.S. president. But will I stand for the Judeo-Christian values that this nation was founded on, that I was raised in, even in the Hindu faith? Yes, I will. You're darn right I will. And as a young person, picking up on that strand from earlier, I think it's my responsibility to make faith and patriotism and family and hard work cool again in this country. I think they're pretty cool, and I think that's my job. As your next president, and to back to the First Amendment, we will stand for religious liberty in a way that neither Republicans nor Democrats actually have. That's what the First Amendment says. You get to practice your faith. Every pastor in this country gets to do his job without the government getting in their way. That's what I'm going to keep as the president. Thank you. Thank you so listen, I'll, I'll take a, and I believe him. I, I just have to say, I believe what he's saying. He obviously is an extremely skilled in in. Rhetorical arts, obviously. But I I tend to believe what he's saying, and I would take a legitimately faithful, God-fearing Hindu over a fake Catholic any day, right? I'll take somebody that is sincere in their belief in a religion that's not mine over somebody that pretends to be my religion, but clearly is doing everything they can to undermine and destroy it. I'd prefer a Christian, honestly. I'd prefer a Protestant. 
of a Catholic. Be honest about that. But I think what he's pointing out is like of the utmost importance. And strangely enough, I was having this conversation with my my friend Brett yesterday. He, I guess, listened to a Tucker Carlson Twitter spaces that I didn't hear. And Tucker Carlson, I guess, brought this up. Going through the Ten Commandments and realizing that it's almost a list of the things that the left wing is trying to undo and abolish. No stealing? Well, look at California. Look at the shoplifting measures. Oh, it's it's just poor guys stealing bread, justifying sin. Adultery, uh, you know, coveting what you can't have or don't have. What we're losing in this country is just basic morality, just the most basic universal truths about how to treat one another and what the right way to conduct yourself is, is being systematically like as if they're going down the list. Stealing, that's fine now. Killing, well, if it's an unborn baby or if you're a a murderer that doesn't have bail money, we'll let you out anyway. I mean they are facilitating sin in a way that I think just has to be on purpose, has to be by design. So if we can just enforce the Ten Commandments, I think that would kind of be enough to get back on track. The eugenicists over 100 years ago were very public about their plans. They financed major universities. They ran full-page stories and advertisements pushing their propaganda at the New York Times, other major newspapers, that the family as we know it is a bad thing and must be ended. And the first step in that is getting women out of the household and teaching women that cooking dinner and taking care of your sons and daughters and husbands is a bad thing. And I was just sitting here tonight making dinner for my daughter, my four and a half year old daughter. My wife makes dinner a lot of times, but I like to make it as well. I love to make breakfast. And literally, it's the funnest thing on earth to make food for your family and be nurturative and then all sit down together and have that communal event. And that's what the system is attacking and bombarding is our normal biological actions are coming together. They really are sick, evil, scientific cult of filth that want to domesticate us and turn us into lab rats. We cannot let this continue. So all these new listeners aren't buying stuff at Infowars.com. They're tuning in. I need the regular hardcore folks that have never gotten a film, a book, a water filtration system. They're all the best out there at Infowarsstore.com. Do your Christmas shopping with us or part of it. Don't fund the globalist. Infowarsstore.com. X2 back in stock, which's selling out. Incredible. Learn about iodine deficiency. Learn why we have the best. Good, clean hour. Incredible energy. Nobody's got a formula this strong or clean or powerful without hardly any letdown. It's so strong it has some letdown. Turbo Force, InfoWarsStore.com or 888-253-3139. Turbo Force, X2, Vitamin Mineral Fusion, DNA Force Plus, Down and Out Sleep Support. The list goes on and on. Info War Store Christmas Mega Super Sale. Sells up to 60% off free shipping and double Patriot points. Shop now. Infowarstore.com or 888-253-3139. You're listening to the American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. I have a Christmas without you. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. 
There's lots of uh, international topics to get into with uh, Simon from Florida in the next hour. There's a lot of other stories to get to in the meantime. Let's talk about the crusade against Elon Musk, shall we? From Zero Hedge, Biden gave federal agencies green light to come after me, uh, to come after Musk, FCC commissioner warns. For further proof that the Biden administration is weaponizing government agencies to target Elon Musk, Commissioner Brendan Carr stated in an ex post, quote, President Biden gave federal agencies the green light to go after him. That is Musk. Last year, after Elon Musk acquired Twitter, President Biden gave federal agencies the green light to go after him, and they have. Today, the FCC adds itself to the growing list of federal agencies engaging in the regulatory harassment of Elon Musk. He says, I dissent. And this is uh, Brendan Carr, uh, a commissioner at the FCC, saying this. I believe this is the same guy that was warning about the FCC takeover of the physical Internet infrastructure. He seems to be the only decent person in the FCC sounding the alarm about the way that our regulatory agencies are being abused by the Biden administration to go after their political domestic enemies in total abject corruption and tyranny. Musk recently described the apparent beef with the Biden administration has with him. In September, he told All In podcast host entrepreneur David Sachs, quote, there does seem to be some significant increase in the weaponization of government and really sort of misuse of prosecutorial discretion in many areas, I think this is a really dangerous thing for there to be partisan politics with government agencies. He continued, I don't think the whole administration has it out for me, but I think there's probably aspects of the administration or aspects of the interests aligned with President Biden who probably do not wish good things for me. Such a diplomatic way to put it. The article continues, the weaponization of government agencies against Musk suggests leftist radicals in the White House are terrified of the billionaire's power and must stop him at all costs, even if that means jeopardizing the nation's space race. At the very least. And I guess the question is. Well, there's tons of hypocrisy here, too. Right. Like this whole thing is over the fact that the FCC denied Musk eight hundred and eighty six million dollars in subsidies Mm -hmm. um, just to create uh, Internet in rural areas, part of the uh, FCC's Rural Digital Opportunity Fund. Right. And, um, you know, they the reason they said that they were denying him uh, was because that he didn't demonstrate uh, that he could fulfill the program requirements like creating high-speed internet for users in 35 states in 2025, right, due to strained uh, satellite uh, uh, infrastructure, right? Mm -hmm. And that was back last year. Now, this year alone, Musk has had the most uh, space launches uh, of any, like, country right mm-hmm. him as a per, as a private person he's been putting bezos's satellites for for a competitor right into space right, right. He, he's had so many launches and he's got a vast um network now of satellites in space yep. which is the only thing that you know really could accomplish the goal uh in that area right so you know you you look at it um this is actually Musk's response to it, is that Starlink is the only company actually solving the rural broadband 
uh, crisis at scale. Um, they should arguably dissolve the program and return funds to taxpayers, but definitely not send it to those who aren't getting the job done. What actually happened is that the companies that lobbied for this massive earmark, which was not SpaceX, um, thought, thought that they would win, but uh, instead they were outperformed by Starlink, and now they're, they're changing the rules to prevent SpaceX from competing. Right. Right? This is, you know, the, the government actually harassing him. So despite all this, you know, the Department of Defense recently uh, called a nine-month test pilot of Starlink, uh, you know, in the Arctic, a success. So Elon could make, yes, <laughs> Elon could make, uh, you know, internet happen in the Arctic, but the government's saying, oh, no, it's not reasonable for him to, you know, make the internet, right. high-speed so internet sab- in rural areas. Sabotaging their own program because they don't want Elon Musk to take the credit or benefit from right. the success, if it were to succeed. Right. And, yeah, and of he, course, he, it, he launched, yeah. uh, again, sorry, just to chime in one more time. I'm sorry I'm cutting you off. No, this is good. And, uh, and yeah, all this information is in the Zero Hedge article if people want to look more into it. But right. yeah, go ahead. Right. Yeah. The SpaceX, uh, or SpaceX launched 80% of the world's payload, you know, uh, last year, in, in yeah. orbit last year. So, you know, you, you talk about like a strained satellite infrastructure. It's like the guy's just creating more satellites in space. He's, he's putting them up there. Of course. And, uh, you know, it just goes in line with all of the other ways that they're attacking. I mean, we've covered this on the show many times, but whether it's suing SpaceX for not hiring Americans, despite the fact that he's legally prevented from doing so, uh, from hiring non-Americans, or suing uh, Twitter over its purchase, or suing over whatever other thing that he's doing. I mean, they're coming after him with every lever of power that they have. And this, again, is why on the Spaces with Alex Jones, he was like, do you have any idea how many laws... I'm subjected to that I'm subject to. And it, that's like his foremost concern is being in compliance with all of these laws. And yet they're still finding or inventing ways to prosecute him or persecute him in one way or another. And I, I guess my question is, you know, as Elon Musk says, he's like, I don't think this is, you know, something he says a dangerous thing for there to be partisan politics with government agencies. Which is true, but what's the solution? Is the solution to just uh, not do this in kind, or is it to get power back and then start subjecting all of the other companies to this level of scrutiny, this level of regulatory invasion or interference? Because I wonder if you – dedicated the resources that have been dedicated to finding something it's the same thing that's happening with trump or elon right whether it's jack smith or you know whoever's going after elon in the federal government it's just like here's the guy now go dig into everything he's ever done and find something we can come up with i wonder if you put that same level of scrutiny to other big tech companies facebook and and instagram like if you held them to account for the for being the primary and most prevalent distributor of child abuse material. I wonder how they would survive. I wonder if Google and Facebook and YouTube and all of these other companies, if they were to be treated with the same regulatory magnification that Elon is, if they would survive intact. And then expanding out from that, I wonder if companies like BlackRock, Goldman Sachs, I wonder if companies like Raytheon, like I wonder if all of these companies 
if they were to be targeted in the same way, if they were to be sought out by the regulatory agencies with the same fervor that they're going after Elon Musk, would they survive this level of scrutiny? Would they survive this amount of legal assault against them? I seriously doubt it. So I don't like that this is being done to uh, Elon Musk, obviously, and it's obviously in response to the fact that he is opposing their agenda at the at the fundamental level by opening up X for free speech. And of course, it's not just Elon Musk that's that's coming under attack, and, it, and it's not just from the government that he is coming under attack. It's Media Matters, it's the ADL, it's these private organizations that are contributing to this as well. While we're on the topic, the Media Matters employee being sued by Elon Musk and X refreshed a fringe video on Rumble Video more than 70 times until he found a Netflix ad. Remember, they created a advertiser boycott the corporate blackmail by doing things like going to Netflix or Disney and saying, your ad showed up on this horrible video. Well, it turns out that they had to sit there and refresh the video 70 times before they got the ad that they then screenshot and said, look, Netflix, your ad is playing on this. Despite being the only person to view that Netflix ad next to that video, he wrote an article falsely suggesting that Netflix ads regularly appeared, appeared next to French content on Rumble, pressuring advertisers to drop the platform. On X, IBM, Comcast, and Oracle had their ads appear alongside French content for only one person, that same Media Matters employee, out of more than 500 million active users on the platform. The same Media Matters employee has written nearly a dozen articles pressuring advertisers to pull their support from X since Elon Musk bought the company, intentionally fabricating defamatory material to pressure advertisers to pull their support from free speech platforms is evil. So, you know, I'm just I'm just thinking that we're entering into an age where saying, you know, the government shouldn't, you know, be be meddling, like we're sort of over that at this point, the government should be ruthlessly targeting media matter, should be ruthlessly targeting Google and Facebook and Instagram and holding them to the highest level, the highest standard of behavior and uh you, you can do the same to Elon Musk, I guess, but we know that if it was all treated ev- e- uh, evenly and if it was a level playing field, Elon Musk would continue operating and corrupt organizations like BlackRock would be gutted from the inside out and destroyed utterly, which is what needs to happen. I talk a lot about the great successes InfoWars has had. I don't think anybody can deny it. And it is because of listeners and viewers supporting us. But when we talk about the crew at InfoWars, people behind the scenes, the researchers, the writers, they really have been the MVPs in this fight. And when we look at Harrison Smith and Owen Schroyer and the hard work they engage in every day, five, six, seven days a week, it's really just incredible. So for myself and the whole InfoWars crew, I thank you for your past support. And I want to encourage you now to realize that InfoWars cannot stay on air if you do not support us. I know you spread the word. I know you pray for us. And that's wonderful. Keep doing it. But most viewers and listeners never go to InfoWarsStore.com and you never buy great products that enrich and empower your life while at the same time keep us on air. I know that less than 1% of our listeners actually go buy products at InfoWarsStore.com. If just 1% more of you took action and went to InfoWarsStore.com, our funding problems will be over. Please take action now.